right, all right, everybody. Welcome to the Max Effort Kitchen. Um, it is uh, Thursday, I don't know, about 5.30 Pacific time. And uh, we're going to uh, have a great show for you today. We're going to talk everything chili. We're going to talk about some recipes. Uh, we're going to talk all kinds of fun things. And then I'm actually going to uh, cook the chili on air here and uh, do my best to film it so I can put it on YouTube as well. That will be a very interesting uh, experiment. Let's just say that. Um, drinking. What am I drinking today? Some nice black coffee. It's a uh, your you know typical October day. It's Halloween week, so it's got that nice little haze of fog going over. Getting dark, nice and early. There's just something about this time of year. I just get really excited. And what better dish to make than chili? I mean, you know, I grew up in a uh, household that that really, you know, my dad was like strong with football. And uh, football was a big thing in my household, played a lot of it, watched a lot of it. You know, we each had, I I have uh, two brothers and we each had our own teams and it was a constant competition going through the entire season, the off season. And I mean, it was crazy, but this is a very nostalgic uh, feel for me with uh, the chili and the football on in the background and just kind of that getting dark early and feeling really nice and family feel. It's just, um, you just can't beat it. You can't plan this. So let's, uh, let's get right into it. I want to really dive into chili and it's funny because there's, uh, there's this thing that happens with these kind of, uh, dishes, you know, these, these really, um, old style dishes where we don't really know like where they came from, but everybody wants to put their flag in it and say, Nope, it came from here. And uh, chili is just that, you know? Uh, and I've known a little bit about chili and I did some research and I started looking around and it was funny because there's really two uh, food for thoughts on where it comes from. And the big debate is, is chili or originated either in northern Mexico or southwest Texas, specifically San Antonio. Um, and some of the stories I were reading was was were pretty hilarious. You know, like uh, it originated in uh, I think it was the 1850s. It originated in um, the prison where they actually turned what they called glop into this uh, chili or this, you know, this meat stew that they started calling chili. And then all of a sudden there were these competitions from prison to prison. And that's how people would judge how good the prison was, was based off of their chili. Yeah, I could see that happening, but I don't think that's where it originated. Um, Another story I found, which was actually a little bit more believable. uh, This also was in the 1800s. Um, where a group of adventurers, adventurists, I guess you could say, um, they were going, basically traveling from San Antonio to California for the, uh, the gold rush, you know, going into the gold fields and, and, uh, prior to them leaving, they said, well, we're going to need food on the way because, you know, they're traveling by horse, foot, buggy. I don't know, you know 
whatever you traveled by at that time. <laughs> uh, but anyways, what they did was they take, they took, uh, this, you know, beef and they dried it out. They put some fat and peppers and salt, and then they pounded it into, uh, these little triangles. And the whole idea was that they could pack them up like that. So a bunch of these little triangles, you know, pack them up. And then when they stop and they needed a warm meal, they drop it in some hot water and all of a sudden it kind of bloomed and came back to life and made this chili like substance. Let's call it, you know, meaty stew type substance, because that's really what it is. Chili is a ground beef stew and, uh, it is so much more, but at the basis of what it is, that's, uh, that's what we got here. And, and like I said, it, you know, take some time, go out there, look at the, some of the stories. They, they are pretty funny and humorous. And, but you know, uh, the one thing that really stood out to me as far as the origin of chili is, you know, that there was one place where, you know, it just started blowing up and that, well, that is San Antonio, you know, after these adventures came back, they started opening up these little chili huts and next thing you know, you know, there it is. Texas put their flag in the ground and said, we made chili. So we're going to go with that today. Texas, you got, you got it. It's, uh, it's chili. That is your, uh, that's your dish. That is, uh, you can claim your steak on that one. So let's talk. Uh, you know, I posted a recipe on, uh, Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. If you saw it, cool. If not, I'm going to go over it, but I want to talk a little bit about recipes. I think there's a big, uh, topic that that it's been talked about when it comes to, you know, how to read a recipe and what a recipe is there for. And, and all this fun stuff about like how to actually produce what this recipe is telling you to, um, you know, everybody I'm sure out here has followed a recipe once in their life. Um, and if you haven't, you know, no harm, no foul, right? It's all about learning. So uh, the main thing that a recipe gives you, let's go, let's go two main things a recipe gives you. The recipe gives you the basics, gives you the ingredients and the procedure, right? But there's a part of the recipe that most people don't understand, which is this assumed technical ability on how to actually produce that. Because behind the scenes of a lot of these things, um, there's methods. There's methods to how we put, you know, specific ingredients together to create, you know, specific flavors and certain flavors and how to get it to thicken properly and how to make sure that uh, we're, you know, keeping the liquid in there versus, you know, cooking it out and, and extracting the flavor. You know, a lot of times when you cook with alcohol, you know, you want to put that stuff in there early so you can cook it down and extract the flavor, but get rid of that liquid and that alcohol because we don't want that in there. Um, well, maybe some people might, but I, you know, personally, I think that uh, the flavor of what, you know, it brings is so much more worth it. And so most recipes don't tell you that. And so that's why you can look at a recipe and be like, oh, that man, that recipe was really easy or versus, oh, that recipe was extremely hard. You know, they're very subjective. Uh, and if that's a weird thing to say to something that is giving you directions on how to make things, but that was one of the first things I learned when I'm starting to read recipes is like, okay, 
this thing isn't telling me everything I need to know. So I'm going to have to go and research. You know, let's say I'm making a cake. Um, I'm going to have to go and research how to make that cake or how to mix the ingredients. You know, we all, people may have heard, you know, mix the wet and the dry and, and when to do that, but that's also a procedure. You know, there's, there's the cake method. There's, uh, I don't know, the biscuit method. There's all these different kinds of methods. There's, there's a method on how to create a, a pan sauce. Like, they just don't tell you that. And so what I want to do is I want to help you break down these recipes and um, really get into the procedures of it. And there's a reason why I posted that post the way I did with, you know, different things on it. Like, you probably noticed that I put two different areas where I put red peppers. Well, I didn't tell you why, but I did it. And the reason why I did it is because you can add a red pepper for vegetarians. Take out that meat, throw in a red pepper. But in the, in the instructions, it doesn't tell you that. So what I want you to get out of this is the idea that like a recipe is a guideline. Um, but uh, it's also a creative platform for you to make something out of it. And as we go through, you know, building this chili, um, I'm going to give you different ideas on how to, uh, you know, interject your own flavor and different uh, times and periods. So this, uh, this podcast will be interesting to listen to because, you know, you're going to start to really gain um, perspective on, well, okay, he gave me a chili recipe. Cool. Am I going to go make that chili recipe? Well, I'm going to go gather those ingredients, but I'm going to get, you know, X, Y, and Z because I like these flavors and I want to try them in my recipe. And hopefully I can get across to you on when to add those things. So that is the first part of a recipe. The second part of a recipe. Actually, let's just say the first procedural part of a recipe that you always do. And I'm telling you, like, this is, this is not debatable. This is the most efficient way, in my opinion, to attack a recipe. And that's the first absolute step, which is gathering and doing your mise en place. I'm sure some of you have heard that term um, some of you may have no idea what I'm talking about. Mise en place means to have everything in its place. That's the exact definition of it. What it means in the cooking world and what it means in the kitchen is to take everything in that recipe and go down that line. And you're going to prep your peppers. You're going to prep your onions. You're going to open up your cans. You're going to get you know, all your spices ready to go and measured out. You're going to cut up your, your, you know, your hot pepper. Use your gloves for that, too. Um, you're going to get all your utensils you need. Get your oil. Make sure you have salt and pepper. You know, take the, the beef out of the package. Make sure it's nice and defrosted. And then go down your checklist. Make sure you have everything and you're ready to go. But I'm telling you, set yourself up for success. Get your mise en place ready. That was one thing. You know, um, I was always prior to going to school and, you know, I've talked about this on the last show school, you know, culinary school gave me that, like that foundation. Right. Um, but this is part of that foundation is it taught me how to organize myself when actually cooking at a higher level. And so why not 
learn how to organize ourselves with cooking at any level, right? Because we want to, uh, we want to be good, good cooks. We want to be good chefs. We want to make good food at the end of the day. That's all that matters. Doesn't matter what your label is. Don't matter if you're, you know, a stay at home mom or you're, you know, living on your own single. It, It just doesn't matter. Let's make some good food. And that's the first step. Be organized, get your stuff prepped up, understand the recipe, do your research. You know, you're, you're doing this because you like to do this. And remember that, like we do what we love to do. It's just like this podcast. I'm not doing this to get famous. I mean, shoot, if I have one listener, I'm I'm happy. I'm doing this because this is what I love to do. And I love to talk about this stuff and I love to show people and give people knowledge. And that's all I want to do. You know, I mean, lots of people have asked me lately, like, Hey, what do you, what's your plan with this? What's your plan with Max Effort Kitchen? Uh, I, I don't really have a plan. Well, let's say I have a plan, but the idea is not to get out there and be like this rich and famous person or this influencer or anything. I want to be a person of knowledge. I want to be a contact. I want to be someone that you can, you know, shoot a DM to and say, Hey, Matt, here's what I'm making. What do you got any suggestions or what do you know about this? Like, I want to be a friend. Let's be friends because at the end of the day, you know, that's what it's all about is this community. And I said, like I said, last uh, podcast, it's all about building that community because we are stronger in numbers and The better we are as a community, the better food we're going to make. So I'm going to go ahead and and get my little, uh, you know, mobile kitchen here started. Get uh, turn on this uh, little induction cooker. I got this great little induction cooker and it's uh, it's a lot powerful than I anticipated. Got to be honest. Um, But it I mean, it'll boil water in like two minutes flat. It's pretty crazy. So I'm going to go ahead and get my pan nice and hot. So whenever you're cooking beef or any, actually any type of meat, whenever you're cooking meat, you want to make sure you got two things going here. You want to make sure that you have your pan nice and hot and you have your, any, your fat source in there. So whether that's, you know, uh, canola oil, olive oil, uh, butter, whatever it is, because when you drop that meat in there, you want to hear that sizzle. And I'm not sure if we'll hear the sizzle here on the show, but I will definitely make sure that sizzle is there because at the end of the day, like we want the, uh, we want that meat to caramelize a little bit and, and create what's called fond and fond is an interesting thing and it brings a lot of flavor. And I'll talk about that in just a second, but, uh, it's, it's very important that when you're cooking any type of meat source, your pan is nice and hot. It also will help with any type of sticking. So think of it this way, you know, you put, you're putting a, let's say room temperature. And that's also another thing is make sure your meat is at room temperature when you're cooking it. Not only will it cook more efficiently and faster, but it will actually caramelize a lot better. It'll get a better sear on it. And, uh, as you probably, if you, if you've watched my YouTube channel, uh, you've seen the, the steak episode that really breaks down like why we need the, uh, the pan nice and hot and, and what to do with it. So looks like my pan is hot. I'm going to throw in my beef here. 
Uh, you might have heard that. I don't know if you can hear the sizzle. It'd be cool if you could. But it's got a good sizzle going here. <laughs> the one thing about my, uh, my kitchen here is I do not have an exhaust fan. So this should be interesting. <laughs> so give it a good stir. Really chop up that meat. I'm using ground beef today. But, you know, you can use... Uh, ground turkey you can use uh, whatever you want you know I've been messing around with some ways to do it with um, to make it very uh, vegetarian or even vegan and uh, so I've been replacing my meat with uh, cubed beets and I just uh, started developing a recipe with that and once I get that sort of dialed in and all the ingredients really ready to go and I'll post that or we'll do a little thing on that. But um, I truly believe in making these dishes accessible to anybody, regardless of what you believe in and what you eat and don't eat. So, um, again, while I'm using ground beef, you can use turkey, you can use chicken, you can use whatever you want. The main thing I'm going to tell you, though, is that after you get that meat start browning, nice two big pinches of kosher salt. Kosher salt is the best salt to cook with. Um, we can, we're, we'll get into that a little bit later, but just make sure you have kosher salt in your kitchen. Once I hit it with, uh, that salt, I'm going to get some fresh cracked pepper in here. All right. Let that really start to caramelize. And you'll notice that as, as this meat is starting to cook and starting to brown, you're going to see stuff sticking to the bottom and that's called fond. And there's, there's a very specific method that we're going to do here that is going to actually make a huge difference for when you are cooking this chili. And I'm telling you, if you don't believe me, try it the other way and you will see how the viscosity of this, uh, of this chili is different by doing the two different methods. But one thing I always do as well is I always leave the grease that comes off of that meat in the pan because at the end of the day that's flavor right we don't want to get rid of that we want to create this flavorful nice warm comforting dish and and we call chili you know so all right so i got my my meat or my beef browned oh i can't talk today got my beef browned and uh it's looking pretty good so next step in this is I'm going to take and I'm going to get the meat out of the pan, okay? Leaving all of those kind of chunks at the bottom. All right, get that pan back on the burner here, starting to smoke. So I'm going to get my vegetables in. So my vegetables, I got one red pepper, I got one green pepper, and I also have one yellow pepper. I have a full yellow onion. We'll talk about that in a second. And then the next thing I have is a two cloves of garlic. And I went ahead and got my mise en place together and I chopped all this up uh, prior to the, the show here just to make sure I could dump it in and go. And that's, you know, that's all part of your food prep aspect of it. And, and that's another thing. In, in the recipes, they don't tell you about the food prepping as part of it. You know, this is, this is all stuff that you could do uh, before, you know, you could do it to, you know, two days before and have it in your fridge. So when you get home from work, walk in the door, put your stuff down, 
throw all your ingredients in the pot, let it sit, you're done. You got dinner ready all right there. So, you know, think about that is we, we want to cook. We want to be efficient in the kitchen. Yeah, there are days and times that like, okay, we're going to spend some, some quality, you know, time in the kitchen and really, you know, dig in and get and kind of, kind of nerd out and all that fun stuff. But, um, you can still do that and be prepped and be efficient about what you're doing here. So, all right, I got right now what I'm doing is I'm sweating out all my vegetables. So what I want to do here is I want to cook these down to the point in which the onions become translucent. And, you know, everybody has a different idea of what a translucent onion looks like, but it's basically to where you can see through it. Um, you're not going to see all the way through it, but you will notice because the volume of your uh, peppers here will actually start to decrease. So, you know, I threw these peppers in and it was about roughly eight cups and it will be down to almost four cups by the time I'm ready to throw my next step in. I'm let it sit here and let that go while we talk. So chili is is just really that that really comforting spice it's got that deep layer of spice and and that deep like complex uh levels of flavor um you can have basic chili there's uh there's all kinds of chilies out there and that's the, that's another uh i guess debated uh subject or topic is that chili <laughs> means something completely different to everybody um, and the reason why I say that is because some chilies are made with just meat and spices and some water. And you just cook that down until it is basically what I like to call chili gravy. Um, but you know, they can be served over, you know, some cornbread and it's, and it's amazing. Um, there's what, uh, actually I've grown to really love, which is Cincinnati chili. If you have never had Cincinnati chili, Get out there and find some. You're going to look at me and you're going to think, what are you talking about? This is crazy. But Cincinnati chili is uh, basically a combination of spices, beef, and I believe kidney beans. And they put it over pasta. And it's always a spaghetti noodle. Um, but I actually have a coworker that is from uh, Ohio and he really, really has turned me on to it. You know, before I was like, oh, that's just spaghetti mac. Nope, this, uh, is, this is actually a thing. And it's, uh, he, uh, he made a big, I don't know, a, a whole big thing of it not too long ago, probably a couple months ago. But we, uh, we had a sat down at the office and we all tried it. And it was, <laughs> I was probably the only one that actually liked it as much as I did. But uh, it, it was really neat. Um, and then you got, you know, your Southern chilies, you got your, your Kansas city chili. It's just like barbecue. You know, each region has its own different flavors and that's the beautiful thing about this. And that's what I was talking about with, uh, the recipe is that the recipe is not going to give you, you know, how Kansas city does their, their chili versus how, you know, you would get it in Texas, two different chilies right there. Right? So, understand and do your research when you get a when you get a new recipe now if it's something you've made before you know it's not like you have to go out there and 
research online or type it in the Google machine and, and act like, you know, okay, I got to make all these notes. But I'm telling you, walk into this prepared. Walk into it knowing what you're going to do. Get organized. Prep all your stuff. Get it ready. You know, ask a friend. You know, contact me. Let me know. Hey, Matt, is this right? Yes. You know, we'll talk about the different ways you can do things. All right. So it looks like my uh, onions are starting to get translucent. So this is a good step here. So this is a good point to talk. And this is where I always put in my, my, my dry spices. So I have garlic powder. I have cumin. I have uh, onion powder. I have, what else, smoked paprika. And, you know, I'm just going to dust it in with all the vegetables. And I like to coat the vegetables with it. So throw it in there, coat it all up. This is also the time, you know, I know a lot of people that like to like throw beer in their chili. This is the time to do it. So after you've cooked your meat and you've taken it out and you're sweating down your uh, vegetables, put your, you know, your beer in there. Let that liquid cook down. That's how you know when you can move on to the next step. But for me, what I like to do is I put all my spices in and then I'm going to go ahead and throw in my uh, quarter cup of brown sugar. Uh, something you will see with me is my MO is that uh, salty and sweet flavor. I love it. You know, salt, salty and sweet is something that uh, it can be really complex or it can be really basic, but it always hits the notes that I needed to hit for me at least. Um, but I'm also a fan of pineapple on pizza, which uh, is a whole nother podcast and we'll get into that. I'm sure. All right. So as we're, as I'm looking at this, I'm seeing that we are completely coated up. Vegetables are starting to get, you know, not soft, but not hard anymore. So a little bit in between, I like to say, looks like they're getting some teeth on them. Um, and all that means is that like we could bite through them and it wouldn't be a crunchy noise, right? So the next thing I'm going to add here is I'm going to add my spice factor or I'm sorry, my wet spice factor, which is my chipotle pepper in a little bit of adobe sauce. And I only use one chipotle pepper. And what I do is I take it and I, I basically mince it up as much as I can on the cutting board. Always use gloves. Remember that. Always use gloves. And I'm going to actually turn this down just a tad. So if you start like seeing the, the fond really build up at the bottom, that's a good thing. If you can't scrape it off with your spoon, then you got the, uh, the, your stove up way too high. I can still scrape it off, but I know that uh, with talking and, and cooking at the same time, eh, I might let, let it go a little too long, but Looks like I got everything good to go. Got my pepper in there. So the pepper and the brown sugar is exactly what I was talking about. Sweet and spicy. And like I said, one pepper is like when you go to your favorite Thai restaurant and you ask for mild. That's what a one pepper is equal to. Some people like it spicier. Some people don't. Um, I'm a good middle of the road. I like things to be balanced. And that's why that salty and sweet flavor is so great is because to me, it feels balanced. All right, looking good. Smelling fantastic. Like this is the part where it smells amazing. Oh, 
this is where it starts to smell amazing. So next I'm gonna add in my diced tomatoes. I always like to get like the fire roasted diced tomatoes if I'm not doing it myself, which, you know, unless it's a, a big event and I need the tomatoes to be cooked a certain way, go get it in the can. It's, it's not worth the time that, to take to, uh, you know, roast and, and cook down your tomatoes and its own juice and all that. Yes, it's great. And it's the best way to go to control everything, but just go, go to the store, get some, some canned diced tomatoes. Get the fire roasted one. Adds just a little bit of a layer of flavor. Um, then I just added my kidney beans. I'm gonna stir it up here, make sure everything's looking good. Yeah, this is coming together really well. All right, so now I'm going to do my one of my methods that I like to do. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people make fun of me about this one. They're like, oh, you're some, you know, you're a chef and you're you're going to do you're going to add some baked beans to your chili. Well, heck, yeah, I'm going to add baked beans to my chili. Think about, you know, the flavor that's going into that and how that's creating a, yet another layer of flavor. So I'm going to go ahead and add in my large can of baked beans. And the one thing about all this is I'm not draining the liquid out of these things. So both the tomatoes, the kidneys, the kidney beans, and the baked beans all have their uh, juices still in it. So everything is still rocking. Uh, juices is still in there. So that's how we're getting our broth. Uh, if you like your chili a little bit on the uh, looser side and you like a little bit more broth, um, then go ahead and add, find your, your source of liquid. The one thing I will tell you to never do, unless it's all you have, is do not add water. Water is a flavorless liquid source. Unless you are trying to thin something out, it, you're, just, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, you know? Find a, a beer, find, a, you know, shoot, Dr. Pepper. Something like that is gonna even add more flavor. Um, any apple juice, apple cider, anything that you can think of that is going to add just that one more layer of, of flavor. And Hey, you know what? Maybe it won't work, but Hey, you won't try You won't do it next time. You'll try something different. All right. So mine right now is at the consistency that I really like it. I just added my beef back in, which is the last step. Uh, and now I'm going to bring it back up to a boil. And once that starts boiling, we are turning it down to the lowest temperature it can get and letting it simmer for at least 20 minutes. Do not touch it. Put a lid on it. Walk away. Let the aroma fill the house. Make your cornbread. Make your rice. Make you know, whatever it is you're going to eat with it. And that's, a, you know, and that's the thing is like the thing that's so great about chili is that you can eat it by itself, but who likes to do that? You know, my personal favorite is uh, a big brick of cornbread. Uh, there's also corn pudding that, oh, if you have not had the corn pudding, uh, you are missing out. Um, but I think I'm more consistently, I put it over rice because, uh, to me, you know, I eat a lot of rice. I'm a weightlifter. 
Um, I need those carbs. I need that energy. I eat rice for breakfast. I, I mean, I eat rice in every aspect of life that I can get it in. Um, but I like to put my chili over rice. And I actually learned that from my wife. Um, she grew up in Philadelphia and was basically raised on putting, you know, chili over rice. And when I first met her, it's funny because I first met her and she put it over rice and I'm like, what are you doing? Because, you know, I grew up eating it with like a piece of cornbread and in a bowl of chili, you know, pretty typical way. But she would put it over rice. She would put it over like tortilla chips. Go out and buy yourself a bag of Juanita uh, tortilla chips. Take your chili. Big, two big scoops over those chips. I mean, add some cheese. You got some chili cheese nachos right there. And like what? There's a leftover hack right there. Um, And it's (laughs) just can't go wrong with chili. You know what I mean? So uh, this is cooking up. It's uh, starting to simmer. It hasn't actually come up to a boil yet. But what we're looking for, we're not looking for a, a rolling boil. You know, we don't want to burn anything. What we're looking for is the edges of the liquid starting to bubble. You know, we don't want the whole thing just like, you know, boiling like you're boiling water. You know, there's different levels of boil. So we're looking for a soft boil, which is basically the the little bubbles around the edge of the liquid that you start to see that are coming up. When you see that, cover that sucker up. Again, 20 minutes. Do not touch it for 20 minutes. And uh, you will be thankful. You know, you can go up to an hour on simmer. I would say just make sure you have enough liquid for that. Um, But... I don't, you know, if you don't have the liquid for it, definitely get some in there if you're going to let it go for an hour. All right, I'm going to go ahead and turn this down because it's starting to simmer or starting to get to that soft boil. And there we go. Folks, easy, right? I I spent $20, no, 19, I think it was 1997 exactly on all these ingredients. That took me less than 20 minutes because this podcast has only been going for 35 minutes. Uh, the prep time, maybe maybe 15 minutes to cut everything up. And I mean, I got kids, so that's also probably why it took a little bit longer. But this is affordable. This is going to last you for at least, I mean, you could feed a family of four with this probably be gone but you know if it's just two of you if it's just one of you shoot you got you got dinner and lunch for the for the week um one thing i didn't talk about i should probably touch on this is that you you heard me salt the meat you heard me use pepper for the meat before once you let it once you let it simmer for that 20 minutes that's when i want you to season it season it and taste your food you will hear me talk about that a lot in this podcast. Taste what you cook. Because if you're not tasting it, how can you expect anybody else to taste it, right? So always know what you're putting on that table. Always understand the flavors that you want. You know, if you're going for an apple pie and you taste it and it's like, I don't even taste the apples here. Okay, something's wrong, right? So we got to fix that. But you won't know that until you taste it. So Always, 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 and forever 
go out, buy yourself some, some fancy like tasting spoons. I, you know, I have my favorite tasting spoons that everybody in the house knows you just don't touch, but, um, they still touch them anyways, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyways, you know, make sure that you are tasting your foods, have your utensils, make sure that you got, you're in that kitchen, you are prepared. That's what this is all about. And always keep in mind that like, I am a message away. I am a phone call away for those of you who actually know my phone number, right? Um, I am just a part of this community trying to make fantastic food. All right, guys, this has been an amazing show. Um, I'm going to let this chili sit for, you know, my solid 20 minutes, probably sit down, watch some football, get the kids ready. I think they're eating pancakes for dinner. So I'm going to go make those for them. And uh, like I said, this has been an amazing show. Uh, Thank you for joining me on this. I hope you make this chili. And please post some pictures. Tag me in them. I want to see your chili. Okay, send me a DM if you don't want the whole universe to see it because you're embarrassed. That's okay. I want to see what you made. I want to hear about it. Let me know. And also give me feedback. If there's something you want to hear more of, please tell me about it. There are some of you out there that have already started DMing me and and thank you so much. I love the support. I love talking. I will always respond to you. Um, Again, the best way is through Instagram at maxeffort underscore kitchen. That's where you can find my page. Or you can go to YouTube, Max Effort Kitchen Chef Matt. Um, any of those will find me. But do not forget to subscribe to this podcast because there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Like I said, we got great guests. Um, I'm going to be doing giveaways. You know, we're coming up on the holidays. We're going to be making some, you know, traditional favorites, but also thinking outside of the box. It's going to be a great time. I mean, we got Halloween coming up. The kids are going to get ready for to, you know, dress up and all that stuff. So I hope everybody has a fabulous and safe weekend. Uh, And uh, don't forget to post the chili. Don't forget to like and do not forget to subscribe. All right, everybody have a great night. Don't ever forget that food is love. We'll talk soon.